Welcome back, everybody, to the Luke Beasley Show. It is great to be with you on this Monday, another week of American politics ahead of us, and quite the show ahead of us today. Starting off with this, I wanted to begin today with something not so negative. So here is a good story, a pick-me-up for the day. Uh, a Montana judge has ruled in favor of environmental young environmental activists who were challenging a Montana policy on fossil fuel permits that essentially said Republicans, of course, pushed for this and successfully got implemented a policy that says state agencies, when they're giving out uh, fossil fuel permits, can't consider the implications, the effect on climate change, the environmental impact of those fossil fuel permits being given out. They can't consider it, explicitly can't, very strange. Uh, and so then young environmental activists brought a case against the Montana state government that argued in the state constitution of Montana, we're guaranteed a constitutional right to a clean and healthful environment. And so this policy directly contradicts that and is violating our right to a clean and healthful environment. And a Montana judge has said, indeed, that's correct. This is an unconstitutional policy. So the microcosm is this will be a victory for these young environmental activists and the people of Montana and the state government will have to change its policy on that. The macrocosm though is this is the first case of its kind in the United States of America. We've seen a few examples outside similar uh, of the United States but this is the first inside and so now this can be used as a playbook for future, uh, future legal activity, future cases being brought to advocate for a better response to climate change with this type of argument being made that in a lot of states, you're guaranteed a clean and healthful environment. And a lot of the policies that Republican-led governments especially take and implement contradict that and violate that. This is from the Associated Press. A Montana judge on Monday sided with young environmental activists who said state agencies were violating their constitutional right to a clean and healthful environment by permitting fossil fuel development without considering its effect on the climate. The ruling in the first of its kind trial in the U.S. adds to a small number of legal decisions around the world that have established a government duty to protect citizens from climate change. So now here in the United States, we have an example of that being established. District Court Judge Kathy Seeley found the policy uh, the state uses in evaluating requests for fossil fuel permits, which does not allow agencies to evaluate the effects of greenhouse gas emissions, is unconstitutional. And then CNN reports, in a case that could have legal reverberations for other climate litigation, District Court Judge Kathy Seeley ruled that uh, Montana's continued development of fossil fuels violates a clause in its state constitution that guarantees its citizens the right to a clean and healthful environment. And then last bit of reporting on this, uh, the challengers lawyers described the ruling as a game changer. This is from The Guardian and a sweeping win, which uh, campaigners hope will give a boost to similar cases tackling the climate crisis. Now, of course, this brings into our mind the unfortunate situation that we're in as this is going to be a positive story. We'll get back to the positive, but it's unfortunate that this has to be the actions that are being taken, that young environmental activists concerned about their own future and the future of their kids and their kids' kids are having to take this into their own hands and bring cases like this and be creative and figure out how to demand a better response from our government to the climate crisis. I wish we wouldn't have to do that and it would just be our lawmakers uh, correctly acting from the beginning. But that's not what we're getting. And so 
people are taking it into their own hands and getting a huge win like this. That again, individually could be huge, change the way the state agencies have to consider the effect on climate change. And also cases that model this can now be brought with a better chance of success. And uh, using this as the playbook, we could see really good cases in the future, which is hopeful. I can't tell you exactly how this is gonna play out, how successful it could be establishing that government duty to consider this and to protect its citizens from the harmful effects of climate change. But it is a step, however big or small, in the right direction, which is always good to see. We talked about at the end of last week, the way that Republicans' motivation to attack President Biden and thus his Department of Justice and Merrick Garland, it's getting so whacked and so out of hand that they're setting themselves up to be humiliated, where in this case, Ted Cruz is obviously contradicting, like we talked about with Marshall Blackburn, a past statement he's made on the subject that we're going to break down here. So because it's a new week and some of you may have missed my coverage at the end of the last week, let me give you the context necessary to understand what Ted Cruz is responding to here. David Weiss, U.S. attorney in Delaware. He was appointed by Donald Trump and he's been overseeing a case into the son of President Biden hunter biden what we know it has to do with could be other things what we know though based on a plea deal that was almost reached and then fell apart is that it has to do with a firearm related charge hunter biden lying on a federal form saying he wasn't addicted to a controlled substance when he was to get that firearm and also tax evasion two years and so it seemed like a plea deal was going to be reached and then like i said it fell apart and so that's where things stand now and based on the fact that that happened and other things we're not necessarily aware of, and maybe David Weiss's ambition to now bring charges in other jurisdictions because the plea deal didn't go through. David Weiss requested from Attorney General Merrick Garland special counsel status, which gives that extra level of authority where now you can bring charges in other jurisdictions as one of the notable changes to his authority uh, there. And so to backtrack a little bit, Republicans previously to portray the Department of Justice as being an example of a two-tier justice system and corrupt and horrible. We're saying, we watched the uh, IRS whistleblowers or we covered it, we're saying that David Weiss probably wanted to have special counsel status earlier on, but Merrick Garland was interfering with that to protect Hunter Biden and was not allowing him to have special counsel status. And David Weiss wrote to Republicans saying, no, 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 I just am not requesting it right now. If I needed it, I'm sure I could get it, but I don't need it right now. And now we're seeing, again, David Weiss always refuted that uh, characterization from Republicans. But now he, because of the situation changing, does want special counsel status. He requested it. Merrick Garland immediately gave it to him, just like we were saying previously. And so, because now David Weiss is portraying a very real example of not all the different things that Republicans were saying was going on in the Department of Justice. Instead, exactly what Merrick Garland said was the case, he wasn't interfering, and David Weiss said was the case, Merrick Garland not interfering, is the case as is playing out now, the narrative has to shift. And Ted Cruz is representing that during a recent interview over the weekend, where now the narrative is, yeah, this is another example of the corruption because David Weiss is in on the corruption. And so of course they're going to give him the special counsel status instead of somebody else so that he can act as a special counsel to protect Hunter Biden. Even though previously, as we'll get to with Ted Cruz after this clip, 
people like Ted Cruz were saying David Weiss should get special counsel status. I know a lot of random details, but important to understand as we watch this. Your reaction to David Weiss being named as special counsel here? Well, this appointment is camouflage and it's cover up. I, I, I think it's disgraceful. Listen, David Weiss was the U.S. attorney handpicked to lead this investigation who spent the last five years covering it up. David Weiss, who was personally selected by the two Democrat senators from Delaware, Tom Carper and Chris Coons, for five years. The and who was he appointed by? Remind me. Donald Trump investigation has gone nowhere other than to protect Hunter Biden and Joe Biden. Not only that, David Weiss is the one that is subject to two whistleblower complaints from senior career IRS officials who came forward. They said they'd never seen an investigation like this in their entire time. And they said what pushed them over the edge was believing David Weiss couldn't get special counsel status, wasn't being given the resources and authority he needed by Merrick Garland. And now, after requesting it, immediately Merrick Garland gave it to him. David Weiss, the entire time, said that was the case, which made this IRS whistleblower hearing seem unserious. But now we're seeing it play out in real time. It's incredible, the dishonesty. And now, to make that point even more clearly, here is a letter that Ted Cruz was one of the individuals signing that says, Dear Attorney General Garland, we the undersigned right to request that United States Attorney David C. Weiss be extended special counsel protections and authorities to conduct the Hunter Biden investigation. Ted Cruz, U.S. Senator, signed. And now he's being given special counsel status, the extra protections and authorities as they requested, and they're angry. Because when you've based your entire political uh, set of actions, your entire duty over the last however long, eight months at least since Republicans had the majority in the House of Representatives, on going after President Biden and proving that there's this two-tier justice system, they feel like they're too far now. So even if the facts directly contradict the story they've been telling, they'll keep telling that story. Because it's not about honesty, we know that. It's about political advantage. The thing to me, though, that doesn't make sense is now that it's so clear, again, look at this. We can watch a clip of Ted Cruz saying, this is despicable, this is horrible, and then read a letter where he's saying, can you do the thing that later I'll call despicable and horrible? Or whatever his particular language was. I don't think it was despicable. He said disgraceful, that's what it was. Uh, disgraceful. And then we can see, again, he's just contradicting himself. It's so dishonest. And how does that not hurt you politically? It should in a reasonable world, right? But it doesn't, I guess, in this one, because we're not in a reasonable world. That could be the thesis of my entire show. This world is not reasonable. And unfortunately, that's what I have to cover every single day. Make sure, if you want to support me having to cover that very unreasonable world, subscribe to the channel. Uh, absolutely so beneficial. The Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin alluded to and called out the obstruction on the part of Tommy Tuberville, the U.S. Uh, Republican senator, who has been blocking now 300 plus military promotions in the name of being against the military's stance on abortion and abortion access. I'll break down and actually let me do this now before we watch the clip, then we'll get to some of the remarks recently from Lloyd Austin. Tommy Tuberville is 
blocking necessary military promotions to allow people to be in the positions they need to be in to allow our military to continue functioning effectively and the proper leaders being in the proper places. Uh, and there's implications for the lives of the families, uncertainty about where and what's happening and all of it. He's doing that because he is against the fact that the military, the Department of Defense, is saying in this post-Roe v. Wade world, there's all these different standards in all these different states on abortion access. And we're not going to punish someone because they live in a state with a very extreme stance on abortion and make them have to choose between their career or getting an abortion and this wouldn't impact them in the same way if they were in a more blue state and so instead we're gonna have a one-size-fits-all policy and if you live in a state with more accessible abortion access great if you don't we will assist in getting you to a state with a more accessible abortion policy again one-size-fits-all you can't punish people because they live in a certain state you need to have one policy and that is what the policy is and so with that in mind all these military promotions for this big political stunt for tommy tuberville and get him a bunch of fox news interviews is uh causing this big problem and the secretary of defense lloyd austin called it out during a recent ceremony for someone who is leaving their position now this is indeed a proud day but i want to take a moment to mark a painful milestone as you know, more than 300 nominations for our outstanding general and flag officers are now being held up in the United States Senate. That includes our top uniform leaders and our next chief of naval operations. Because of this blanket hole starting today, for the first time in the history of the Department of Defense, three of our military services are operating without Senate-confirmed leaders. This is unprecedented, it is unnecessary, and it is unsafe. And this sweeping hold is undermining America's military readiness. It's hindering our ability to retain our very best officers. And it is upending the lives of far too many American military families. Our troops deserve better. Our military families deserve better and our allies and partners deserve better, and our national security deserves better. So let me say again that smooth and swift transitions of confirmed leadership are central to the defense of the United States and to the full strength of the most lethal fighting force in history. And it's time for the Senate to confirm all of our superbly qualified military nominees. Yeah. Absolutely. And on an individual basis, it's enraging that the effectiveness and readiness of our military is being impeded because of the stance of Tommy Tuberville and the stunt here. And then zooming out, it's yet another example of these principles. They just never mean anything. We want, as we've heard from Republicans constantly, our military to be strong and any talk about changing the size of the budget and decreasing the size of the budget means you hate America or all these stories we've heard from them and uh, proud statements they've made about being so supportive of our military fall apart the second they disagree with the way that military is handling abortion access. And now he's perfectly on board with the idea of just halting 
a necessary process of military promotions and getting in the way of the military readiness and effectiveness that he previously would have been so proud of. And it's pretty dang aggravating to see. Donald Trump is putting himself in further legal jeopardy every single day as he rants about his legal troubles. In this case, as he awaits his likely fourth indictment out of Fulton County. And we'll get to what I mean by that, him risking getting himself put uh, into pretrial detention. It's not going to happen because he's Donald Trump. But in theory, if he was being treated equally, he actually could be risking putting himself into jail before his trial when it comes to the Fulton County case and others, but this has to do with the Fulton County case. Before getting into that, here's this from CNN updating us on the grand jury situation as they are presented evidence in the Fulton County case and as they prepare to make decisions on indictments. Obviously what's going on in the courtroom today in the courthouse today is a grand jury presentation and that's being done under a seal. But the grand jury will be beginning to hear this case against Donald Trump and his allies today. As you pointed out, we confirm that there is one witness uh, who is there to testify today. Our colleagues at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution have spotted two other potential witnesses testifying today. And even though Donald Trump has insisted he did nothing wrong around his efforts to overturn the 2020 election in Georgia, he has been lashing out on his social and we will look at this ourselves from true social i am reading reports he says that failed former lieutenant governor of georgia jeff duncan will be testifying before the fulton county grand jury he shouldn't trump says we'll get to why that's really notable in a moment i barely know him but he was right from the beginning of this witch hunt a nasty disaster for those looking into the election fraud that took place in georgia a nasty disaster meaning he wasn't pro coup he refused having a special session to find out what went on became very unpopular with republicans i refused to endorse him and fought the truth all the way a loser he went to fake news cnn i'm assuming that's what that acronym stands for and as ryan goodman pointed out on twitter if you look at the terms of bail being granted one of them says poses no significant risk of intimidating witnesses or otherwise obstructing the administration of justice and saying he shouldn't testify to an audience of humongous aggressive supporters i think could definitely classify as potentially intimidating witnesses going around publicly with a massive audience that is known to act on your behalf and saying this person shouldn't be testifying against me or shouldn't be going in front of the grand jury or whatever is very dangerous and because he's donald trump he's not going to be subjected to the most strict interpretation of the law but if he was someone else i think absolutely that would be considered and he could be risking getting himself put into jail before the trial. Now, if he's indeed indicted in this case, and similar conversation applies to his comments in other cases as well. Gabriel Sterling, a Georgia election official, was asked about Trump's constant rants and um, raging statements and the risk of them and said this. Are you concerned that Trump's words, and it's not just that ad, it's obviously much more than just that, are you concerned once again that, that we could see violence as a result of the former president's words? Obviously, at this point, you never know what's going to happen. My, my biggest concern for years now, and I've said this at elections conferences where we get professionals who run elections around this country, is somebody will be motivated by some of this kind of language at some point and do something stupid. It's not going to be an organized thing. It's not going to be a bunch of conspirators together. It's going to be one probably mentally unstable individual who's going to be 
radicalized through this process. And that's my biggest concern through this. Huge concern. And we've seen that Judge Chutkin in the federal case relating to Trump's attempts to overturn the 2020 election has been given extra security, multiple security guards just to go get coffee. And that is justified because of how much Trump has been talking about her, going after her. And we know what that can lead to with Trump's supporters. And so it's a really concerning reality that we're in. And I really do just occasionally have a thought of why isn't it possible because of who he is, but why isn't it possible that Trump can't just tap into humanity for a moment and not want to threaten the lives of and risk getting hurt the lives of and people who are just doing their job holding him accountable for his po uh, possible violations of the law. And because of how much it's all about him, it doesn't matter. Whoever gets hurt, it doesn't matter. And there is a real, real risk of that. Before we close this out, just while talking about the Fulton County case, as we await a potential fourth indictment, an interesting bit of reporting here from CNN, uh, I wanna show you. I, I want to ask you about, Daryl, some, some new reporting that we have, and, and that is that Atlanta prosecutors actually have uh, they're in possession of text messages and emails directly connecting members of Donald Trump's legal team to the early January 2021 voting system breach in Coffee County. How do you read into that? How significant is that? Just the reporting that I wanted to see there. Initially, what's being discussed is the fact that that voting system breach where pro-Trump individuals got access to because of a pro-Trump election official voting machines and then tampered with it and were trying to find election fraud in the voting machine. They were unsuccessful, obviously, but they were trying to find proof of all their wild accusations and in so doing violated the law in attempting to or actually getting access to a voting machine, tampering with it, breaching it unlawfully. And apparently some of the evidence shows that there's direct connections, text between Trump's team and the people who did that, which is very notable. And I think Trump should be very concerned about the Fulton County Fonnie Willis case. Continuing our discussion about the potential fourth Trump indictment and just generally Trump's legal troubles, the right-wing political commentator, Charlie Kirk, said something during a recent uh, show that just shows us how radical a lot of the talking points are as they circulate around right-wing media. And he's saying here, we need to go all out and we should be encouraging Republican DAs to, in the name of retribution, go after any Democrat that they can. And we should weaponize any office that we have to go after the left and do all the things that we're wrongfully accusing the other side of currently doing. But in the name of the things that we've been wrongfully accusing the other side of doing, we should do it ourselves. And it's really dangerous and it's wild. And just imagine this is where you're getting your news from. You're watching commentary on the Charlie Kirk show and this is the type of garbage you're hearing. We are at a place that is so significantly changed in one year. You have lived through one of the most successful, radical, quiet revolutions in American history in one year. A legal revolution where they push us and they push us and they push us and they push us 
and we just keep on appeasing. Oh, we're going to get them through hearings. Well, why don't we start indicting them? I can't talk like that. Well, why don't we investigate them? Can't talk like that. Alvin Bragg. Fannie Willis is about to come down with an indictment that will shock the world. Question, why don't we have local Republican DAs do anything against these Democrats? Anything. You're trying to tell me Hunter Biden didn't commit crimes in some sort of local county in Arkansas that you could at least investigate him, subpoena him? No, it's because... Hunter Biden is currently already being investigated federally, and the individual, the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney overseeing that case, has now been given extra protections and extra authority by the Attorney General Merrick Garland, who Biden appointed. Meaning, Merrick Garland's going above and beyond, giving as much authority and any necessary resources and all of it as possible to David Weiss overseeing the case in Hunter Biden because... It actually just so happens, apparently the Democratic Party is the party that believes, because of Biden being at the top of the food chain, in law and order. And does believe, no matter who it is, there should be accountability for violations of the law. And that applies to Hunter Biden, as we're watching play out with David Weiss's overseeing of this case. Because on the Republican side, that would be considered to be against the gentleman rules of conduct. A.K.A. I'm too afraid, I'm too weak, head in the sand, denial maybe the storm will pass. Eat me last. Eat me last. These authoritarian thugs will not stop. But it starts with acknowledgement. Breaking out of the muscle memory of a country that is long gone. And I know that is painful. You should mourn that, by the way. It's not easy. You should. Creepy vibes as he sits in this <laughs> room. <laughs> strange so it's so dangerous it is so dangerous because it's not based on facts and that is very much shown by the fact that the time on shows like the charlie kirk show and others is not spent actually engaging with the specifics of these indictments it's not spent actually trying to walk through and explain why the evidence isn't damning against donald trump it's just spent assuming there's no legitimate claims of potential violations of the law against Trump. That's the assumption. And then we have to scream about political persecution and going after Biden's political opponent. And now we have to weaponize any power we have to go after the left as retribution. And it's all based on dishonesty in the name of a very dangerous message. And it's really unfortunate. <laughs> Because maybe some people will start buying into this who have positions of power. We're already seeing it with Congress. Uh, the constant using of their offices, wasting of our time, going after Biden politically, all these hearings, all the narratives they're pushing that are incredibly detached from the facts of the stories they tell. And now we could see it with people such as DAs if they buy into this Charlie Kirk type message that we've heard from other Republicans as well. And our country's lost. What do you think people do when they start thinking that's the case? But it's not. We're seeing, I'm sorry it happened to be your guy. <laughs> but we're just seeing someone who, yes, was a former president. And yes, is a current presidential candidate being held accountable or maybe being held accountable for his possible violations of the law. That's what's happening. Let due process play out. Let the system do its thing. That's what the left wants. And if it means Trump gets acquitted, Trump gets acquitted. 
but let the process play out and stop putting out such dangerous messaging about this. Well, this is just awesome. Jamie Raskin is nicely responding to the constant nonstop obsession by the right with Hunter Biden with a proposal or something that he's going to do. And it is pretty much saying, all right, you are concerned, apparently, right wing, with the family of powerful people, namely presidents, benefiting from that situation. And that's interesting. Let's talk about it, okay? Because there's this family that I know of, the Trump family, that benefited so much and so much more than Hunter Biden could have ever dreamed of from Donald Trump's presidency. Now, let me always say, don't you dare click off of this before you hear this message. <laughs> it is important that we don't by itself base our argument on calling out hypocrisy. That's not okay on its own because Trump could be caught up in wrongdoing and Biden could be caught up in wrongdoing or Trump's family could have benefited in ways that we feel are inappropriate and Biden's family could have. So we have to individually deal with the cases, make the arguments, and then also it's nice to recognize when dishonesty is present through the lens of someone's hypocrisy. So we've gone through extensively why obviously Hunter Biden benefited from nepotism in the sense that his name was beneficial. Obviously the fact that he was the son of someone like President Biden, likely benefited him in business in all these different sectors of life, similar to how prominent people in Hollywood, their children do a lot better and prominent people in all facets of life, their children are much more likely to do better. That's the reality we're in. It's unfortunate, but it is. What is important about Biden, President Joe Biden, is did he engage in wrongdoing? Did he change US policy toward a particular country because of the stance of his son did he talk about business with his son and time and time again we've extensively walked through how biden at least there hasn't been evidence brought forward that proves he engaged in wrongdoing even though his son absolutely was wanting people to perceive him as having these connections because of who his dad was right but when talking about president biden or potential crimes, you have to be clear, no evidence has been brought forward to these narratives that Republicans have been pushing. So with that in mind, we go through individually the case. It's not just about hypocrisy, accusations. It's also interesting to point out the hypocrisy as Daily News reports. As GOP attacks Biden's representative, uh, Jamie Raskin promises report on foreign government uh, emoluments to Trump. Amid GOP howls over the Hunter Biden case, lawmakers are scrutinizing former President Donald Trump's business dealings during his time in office, Jamie Raskin said on Sunday. Quote, we're going to release a report about all of the foreign government emoluments, millions of dollars we can document that Donald Trump pocketed at the hotels, at the golf courses, and business deals when he was president and that his family got. So this is super interesting because originally the Republican story that was being told was we're concerned because we think there's credible bribery accusations against Biden. He directly was bribed. And then some of them are kind of realizing, okay, shoot, that's not true. <laughs> we can't find evidence of that actually happening. So maybe we'll just say the big issue that should reflect really poorly on Biden is sure he wasn't necessarily, we can't prove he was acting to benefit his son and the one major policy that he pushed for or the one major action that he pushed for when it came to a situation that involved a business that his son was in actually hurt the business or was something the business didn't want. But okay, let's just set that aside and 
just point out that Hunter Biden probably benefited from his last name and wanted people to buy into this perception of him. Oh, Hunter Biden, son of Joe Biden, look at that. Mm -mm -mm. Even if we can't prove any direct connection between the business dealings of Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's actions in any way. But our issue is, and Biden's bad because Hunter Biden benefited from his last name, maybe? Does that work? That's kind of what it shifted to now. So of course, it's hard not to go. We could have a whole separate conversation about Hunter Biden. And I do think, I wish people were just really high character and would avoid getting into any situation that could even appear like you're benefiting from who your dad, all of that, I, I, totally. But if you're gonna pretend to be concerned about Hunter Biden, let's talk about children benefiting from their father being president or being powerful. Los Angeles Times reports Trump's children take in millions overseas as president slams Biden's son open secrets. Trump himself made more than $200 million from foreign business interests since 2016 while he was president. Forbes estimates China paid Trump at least $5.4 million since he took office. Uh, and then New York Times reports uh, six months after leaving the White House, Jared Kushner secured a $2 billion investment from a fund led by the Saudi crown prince a close ally during the Trump administration, despite objections from the fund's advisor about the merits of the deal. Hmm, merits of the deal don't exactly add up, but the relationship was able to be cashed in on with the Saudi crown prince uh, and others. And then The Guardian, Ivanka Trump's fashion and homewares business received initial approval from the Chinese government for five trademark applications days before her father announced a U-turn in policy on ZTE. If you had something like this on Joe Biden, the right wings of mines would explode. A Chinese telecoms firm that has admitted breaking U.S. sanctions on Iran and North Korea. Forbes reports the Chinese government granted a total of 41 trademarks to companies linked to Ivanka Trump by April of 2019. And the trademark she applied for after her father became president got approved about 40% faster than those she requests before Donald Trump's victory in the 2016 election. Yeah. So we can talk about children benefiting. I don't know if that's beneficial because we would have to talk about all the children and Hunter Biden has benefited a whole lot less. But still, I'm, as I said previously, totally okay saying it's aggravating that this is the way the world works. If you have a name that's recognizable, that is connected to a powerful person, people are going to assume that maybe you have the connections and you could influence them. And even if the person whose name you hold doesn't do anything wrong, it can still appear uh, aggravating. And I totally am not opposed to having that conversation with honest people, but those attacking Biden aren't being honest about it. And they're accusing of, of uh, accusing him of things, I should say, way beyond what there's any evidence of him engaging in. Because actually him saying he wasn't aware of the business dealings of his son, didn't talk about him, wasn't in on them, has time and time again, not been contradicted by the evidence. And they keep claiming otherwise, which that's the story in my mind, the dishonesty is a story as of now. So because of that dishonesty, we can't get to an honest conversation about, do we wanna add more requirements around what your children can and can't do, or would that be overstepping, or should we just want our leaders to do different things in regard to their family? And that's completely an irrelevant conversation as of now, because first we have to debunk the constant dishonest talking points. The Iowa State Fair has been going on, and because we're approaching the 2024 Republican primary, it was a big moment for GOP candidates to go out there and, you know, do fair things, state fair things. And uh, that's what we saw. And Donald Trump appeared. And I want to show you some clips of him at the Iowa State Fair as detached from reality, 
dangerous and deranged as you can imagine. In this case, he gets asked about possibly taking a plea deal. A whole lot of evidence against him in a lot of these cases. Will he want to eventually take a plea deal? And he says, that's a wise guy question. And then rants about who knows what. If you take a plea deal, is there any Florida delegation have a message for your governor? Is there any chance you take a plea deal in Georgia? We did nothing wrong. We don't ever take a plea deal. Yes, sir. We don't take plea deals. It's a wise guy question. Are you going to change this? The wise guy. We don't take plea deals. He's a wise guy. Why? That's an obvious question. Would you take a plea deal? We wouldn't take it, you wise guy. Because I did nothing wrong. It's called election interference. You know what that is? Because this is, these indictments are brought out by fight. He says, do you know what election interference is? Yeah, like what you're being accused of doing. Who can't even put two sentences together. This is Joe Biden because he can't win the election by himself. He can't win the election based on votes. So what they did is they got the attorney general to do it. And then you see how stupid they acted. No evidence Biden has at all been involved in this. Yesterday, with the appointment of the special counsel, call it special counsel, and what a crazy thing that was, and it's being laughed at all over the world. The fact is that... Mm. The fact that David Weiss, a U.S. attorney that you appointed, and President Biden left in his position so that he could continue overseeing a case into Biden's son, going above and beyond to minimize any appearance of any wrongdoing imaginable because there's none there. And uh, he has been, giving, been given extra protections that Republicans requested, and now Republicans are saying it's horrible that he got those extra special counsel protections. We have a country that's in serious trouble. We have a country that's in major decline. I don't mean decline, I mean major decline. And we're gonna straighten it out this- Not decline, major decline. All right, so that's your first clip. I know my Trump impression, it's, it's dying. I don't use it enough, so now it's falling apart. In the past, it was mediocre. Now it's falling beyond that. Major decline. There we go. Uh, then there's this clip. Do you plan to comply with the judge's order regarding the, the latest indictment? We'll have to take a look at the order. The whole thing is a fake. It was put out by Biden. And they put it out because they can't win an election the fair way. It's all called election interference. Biden put it out because he can't win the fair way. He's we'll watch the continuation of this clip in a moment, but you can tell he's shifting and trying to really repeat over and over. Biden's doing this. Biden's doing. Biden sent Merrick Garland to do this. And again, there's no evidence of that. It seems like Biden has done everything possible to stay completely out of this. Doesn't even answer questions about it. Just completely keep me out of this. And that's what he should be doing. And right now there's no evidence of impropriety whatsoever on the part of President Joe Biden when it comes to the prosecution of Donald Trump. But he wants to make that connection. So bad. So there, by the way, he got asked about following the... Uh, judge's protective order, meaning restricting what he can and can't talk about when it comes to the case. Obviously, that's completely standard and not intimidating witnesses and stuff like that, as he's been doing. Uh, and he said, we'll have to look at it, meaning no. Then you have this, and this kind of picks up where we left off. And they put it out because they can't win an election the fair way. It's all called election interference. 
Biden put it out because he can't win the fairway. He's way down in the ball. President Trump, did you intend to overturn the 2020 election? You know the answer. Oh my gosh. He gets asked, did you intend to overturn the election? He goes, you know the answer to that. Yeah, I guess we do. You did want to do the coup, didn't you? And then while we continue touring through the Iowa State Fair and Trump's visit there, uh, we have him introducing Matt Gates and Matt Gates perpetuating dangerous nonsense. A man who's very quiet, works behind the scenes very nicely. Uh, I, I, love this. I know the audio quality isn't the best, but I feel like y'all would still be interested in seeing this. This guy. You know Matt Gates over here, Matt Gates. Matt Gates. Matt Gates. Ooh. Horrible sound. I cannot stand these people that are destroying our country, that are opening our borders, that are weaponizing our federal law enforcement against patriotic Americans who love this nation as we should. I am not very fond in general of bootlicking. I don't like it. Keep your tongue off of people's boots, okay? Um, or booty smooching or whatever you want to call it. I don't like it. But especially when the person's right there, it's so uncomfortable. You're amazing. Everything that's being done to you is wrong. Give me a little kiss. Should. We are having a great time at the fair. We love standing with you. But we know that only through force do we make any change in a corrupt town like Washington, D.C. Only through force do we make any change in a corrupt town like D.C. That's what he said. Only through force. Dangerous, dangerous, dangerous. Uh, and that's the rhetoric that increasingly is prominent both with the GOP leaders and also with the followers online, and it's terrifying. And hopefully nothing bad will happen, but it seems far too likely because of the dangerous rhetoric of people like Matt Gates. Then you had, this is unrelated to Trump, but two Republicans get an argument that was summarized, a little compilation was put together from MSNBC. The votes back to the state, which was the choice that he should have made, but he said he couldn't do it. He didn't do it because he's a coward. No count after recount showed it, Mister. I've been a, I've been a Republican my whole life. Yes, I agree with some of Trump's policies, but the guy does not belong back in the White I'm sorry. Okay. I'm one so, of the few. I'm one of the ones that's going to keep him out of there because, unfortunately, you're not keeping him. Out I've of never there. voted for a Democrat in my life. I had to vote for one last time. I voted for Biden. He's in there, and people like me are going to be the ones that are going to keep Trump out. So there we go. go. Good job for that Republican for standing up for democracy in that conversation. And the other individual believing that Mike Pence could reject the results of the election is absurd. Think again, sir, about how you would feel if Kamala Harris, let's say in 2024, God forbid, Donald Trump won, and then his election was being certified. Would you really believe that Kamala Harris would have the authority to go? <laughs> no, I don't think so. As she's on the opposing ticket. Yeah. All right. Then the last two things I want to show you from this was DeSantis walking around. <laughs> People, <laughs> I love it because it's the monster he helped create. Are chanting, we love Trump as he's trying to do his own thing. And there's no audio there, and we can't really tell what he's doing, but we can imagine it was as awkward as, <laughs> as possible. Hi. Hello, everyone. I am here, and you are here, and we are looking at each other. Greetings. 
salutations, and then one more clip. So you can just picture podcast listeners DeSantis walking around and people chanting, we love Trump. Unfortunate for him, but maybe he shouldn't have engaged in the very acceptance of Trump and Trumpism that allowed for this to be the case. Thank you all so much for watching and listening to today's show. I will see you unless something goes horribly wrong, which it won't, but unless it did, tomorrow.